Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Thursday, the 9th of November 2017 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 187. I hope you're all well, keeping on doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. It is a uh, wet night in South London at the time of recording. November slowly establishing itself like uh, a member of a long-running TV show. You might be thinking, I don't mind this character. It's adding something. It can be good to be new. Sure, there's a, a kudos attached to being one of the original members of anything, but I've long felt that I'd rather join a show, you know, in the second year. Let the other guys do all the uh, hard work of establishing the show and picking up the first few Emmys before I come in. An extreme example of that, uh, for instance, uh, Don Johnson didn't join Kid Cop until the start of 87, the uh, seminal US uh, cop show that ran from 1980 to 1992 and existed uh, in my own imagination. Uh, He joined uh, what was a rough period for the show. Uh, If you're a Kid Cop fan, you'll probably know that Victoria Principal had been controversially killed off after protracted contract negotiations, famously, uh, or rather infamously, killed off in the space shuttle disaster of 86. Sam Fox, her successor, was getting a tough time from the critics. Don Johnson came in in early 87, steadied the ship, brought out the best of my character, it's been said, uh, young Danny J. Smith. Who didn't go with the... uh, J initial in the mid-80s. Actually, that used to really uh, wind my dad up. My confirmation name began with a J, and uh, for about three or four years, longer probably, I would use the uh, J in my name. That really used to annoy my dad, said it would cause uh, problems. And indeed it did when I was up for uh, not paying my poll tax or one of the uh, Poltax successors at some point in the uh, mid-90s. Caused some confusion Uh, at the courts. So where was I? Kid Cop. Uh, Don Johnson's arrival gave the show a second wind. And, uh, you know, as I say, sometimes it's good to be new. November, nine days in now. You're thinking, this isn't so bad. Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available sweating the small stuff because the small stuff does matter. Episode uh, 187, a long week with a man. I'd found a corner desk when uh, when we moved uh, to the new building a couple of weeks back now, about 10, 11 days ago now. And uh, in that corner, from that corner, I've been able to just hit the stats and give myself some breathing space. My toilet table, effectively, but with the man. The toilet table in a work surrounding. An unsettling period. Obviously, when everything's new, it is unsettling. Uh, The problem is not everybody's come over to the new building yet. Uh, The area where I was sitting has now been allocated to another team. So it's been like a mid-90s summer love affair, you know. Short-lived, good, but ultimately doomed. And I've just had to take that on the chin. And uh, it's a much smaller space. You can see that right from the beginning, even when it was empty. You could see everything felt tighter. It's newer, it's nicer, but it's definitely smaller. 
and uh, the way it's going to be working now is that there are going to be lots of people from the old building but now they're all going to be on one floor in our case so uh, you know a lot of people haven't seen each other before you have to walk a really long way to the printer so people are looking at you seeing what you've got how you dress how you walk are you a confident walker your clothes I always score poorly there your your features, I suppose that's what it's ultimately about. It's a shallow world. People are shallow. We're all shallow. People in that instant senior walking towards the printer might be thinking, God, they're ugly. I wouldn't want to breed with that person. They might be thinking, we've had a great jawline in the family for three, four generations now. I make a kid with this person. We're losing the jawline straight away. You've got to deal with people thinking like that. I've already seen a colleague from uh, another department now on my floor gets the same bus in. That's a bit of a problem for me. And uh, I clocked them just this morning. And, uh, you know, the 88 is one of those new Route Masters 3 entry and exit points. So I tend to get off at the back. They were getting off at the middle. They got off before me because there was a bit of a bottleneck on the stairs, my end. But uh, I actually covered my face with my left hand when I got off and uh, overtook them. They'd actually got off before me, but I overtook them. And then I uh, started walking very, very quickly. I don't really want to have to hello anybody else and particularly, uh, you know, work colleagues when I'm traveling in. And I'm actually getting off right opposite the bus stop where in 2009 my southbound bus stop uh, a boss of mine decided uh, to snog their partner right at that bus stop right opposite the job that particular job that was my bus stop and uh, he wasn't too happy to see me there and I was thinking what was I meant to do that's my bus stop I'm not walking up to the next bus stop because you've chosen to have a a passionate clinch with your partner right outside your work, the chances are you're going to run into people that you work with. That was my bus stop. I wasn't going anywhere. Just a difficult time now. It's a hard winter. Already a hard winter. The man, the boiler breaking down, the early starts, the long hours, the never-ending script, lots of psychological stuff. You know, I can feel my confidence breaking Doing a a lot of things, trying to do a lot of things, putting out a lot of fires and doing it all in the uh, 2014 wardrobe. Life is such a challenge, isn't it? Tell me it's not just me. Travelling in on the same bus as a colleague, that does bother me. Just tonight, as I was leaving the building, you know, we've got these lockers now. So it takes a while to leave. You've got to put all your stuff in your locker and the lockers are down the other end. And uh, I saw them putting their stuff in their locker and I thought, oh no, they're going to leave now. The bus, the 88 southbound, it's not the most frequent bus. I don't want to be stuck at this bus stop with this person because they're going to start recognising me. So I hurried to the lifts, got into the lift, didn't hold it for anyone, raced out the building, got to the bus stop before them. And uh, I was so keen to avoid them. I have the option of getting a couple of other buses if I walk up to Millbank which uh, it's, a, it's a nice walk, but, uh, you know, it's a long day with a man. You just want a bus to come and take you home. So um, I got the sense that uh, I saw a lot of people at the 88 bus stop. I thought if a bus comes and one looks like it's due soon, there's going to be a lot of people getting on this. I might not get a seat. Maybe it's worth walking onto Millbank. I started walking onto Millbank, you know, so I turned 
around the corner from the 88 bus stop, headed towards Millbank, and suddenly I saw the 88. I had enough time. I didn't need to run back, but I just thought, it's just easier to walk back and get this bus. What I don't like about that situation is that you become the person who alerts all the other people at the bus stop that there is a bus coming because they've just seen you at the stop. They've seen you walk away and now they've seen you come back. And all of a sudden I created this stampede. You know, the queue fell away. People started jostling for position. People started putting their phones away. People started getting ready to board. That was me. I did that. There's a guy in the mornings that I sometimes see at a bus stop uh, that is on a corner and uh, he actually crosses the road to wait at the opposite bus stop so he can actually see his bus arriving. And when he sees his bus arriving, he crosses the road to the right bus stop and jumps on the bus. Back in the uh, mid to late 80s, Mickey Boyd, myself and our little uh, Clapham College crew, there was only five or six of us who used to uh, travel from Battersea to Vauxhall and then head into Stockwell via Vauxhall. And uh, there used to be two footbridges on Vauxhall. There's now just the one by the tube station, but there used to be two where the MI6 building is now. There used to be a, uh, there used to be a footbridge there, and we'd always have someone keeping lookout on that footbridge, like a crow's nest, basically, because you couldn't see the buses coming over the bridge. There used to be a bus stop there. Now, of course, uh, Vauxhall Bridge, no bus stops on the Vauxhall Bridge hasn't been now for a, for a long time but that's how it used to work with us but tonight I was the guy that alerted all the other people at the bus stop that there was a bus coming I wasn't happy about that You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available sweating the small stuff ways to support the show you can do all your Amazon shopping by clicking on the Amazon referral link at danielruiztyson.com Amazon recognises you've uh, gone to them via the uh, referral link on my site and kicks back a small percentage of whatever you've purchased back to my work at no extra cost to you. It is Christmas countdown time now and this is probably the biggest opportunity of the year for the website to uh, start paying for itself once more. So if you're starting to do your Christmas shopping, please, if you can, if you can remember, try to... uh, do your online shopping via the Amazon referral link at danielruiztyson.com. Further ways to support the show, you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That really helps. Thank you, those of you who have taken uh, the time to do that. That's very kind of you. Uh, reviews, not just ratings, but a review. Seriously, it makes such a massive difference to shows at this level. Small shows like this, we gain greater visibility in the iTunes store. More listeners searching the store become aware of a show like this. And, uh, you know, maybe I can stay with you for a bit longer this time. Subscribing, whether via iTunes or the RSS feed or your platform of choice. Again, that's another straightforward way to help. And perhaps you might even consider making a secure donation to the podcast via the PayPal uh, link at danielruiztyson.com. Thank you to those of you who have donated. It does keep this going towards the uh, 200 mark. Summer show correspondence now. Much welcomed an old uh, Please Don't Hug Me collaborator, Stuart Armstrong, a.k.a. one of the greatest tweeters that ever lived. Perhaps hindered by having the underscore in his handle. The uh, overfed, of course, fat man on a couch back in the Please Don't Hug Me days. Had uh, 2,000 plus followers back in the day without a, uh, a blue badge, which uh, 
I suppose these days is equivalent to some 23-year-old with 80,000 followers. And Stuart and I also share a birthday. Hi, Daniel, begins Stuart. Hope all is well with you, despite being in the grip of the man. Enjoying the podcast, as always. Thought I'd add to the winter coat trials with apologies for the overlong story. I've lost a lot of weight over the last couple of years, and my winter coat was just too big. So after six years of good service, that is impressive. Stuart got six years out of his winter coat. That is impressive. I had to retire it. Stuart continues, not an easy decision, made far worse by the knowledge that this meant a shopping trip to find a new one. I'm not a natural clothes shopper, but I am an efficient one. Sticking to the three or four department stores on Oxford Street, I duck into each one, head for the coats and circle the racks, iron up what's on offer before dipping in and making a selection. This year, I was lost, going into the process with no real idea of what I wanted beyond a general idea of acceptable colour. Lots of standing in front of mirrors, keeping one eye on my bag and jacket, hanging just a little too far away from my liking. This lack of direction resulted in the purchase of a coat that, whilst I like and will inevitably grow attached to, there's a niggling feeling that something's not quite right with it. That is how I feel about my winter coat with the hood. It's the hood. I've never worn to the hood. Looks like uh, Stuart's got a similar problem here. I've worn it around the flat a few times, continues Stuart, but can't shake the feeling that I look like David Norton in An American Werewolf in London when he wakes up naked in the zoo and steals a woman's coat. In a true DRT is available twist, I was trying on the coat alongside a man in his 80s. We chatted and bolstered each other's confidence about our choice. I I told him his was maybe a little too big on the shoulders which led to him bemoaning his age-induced weight loss. Still, we both chose the same coat and walked to the till together, wearing a coat of a man more than 30 years older than me as a return to form, taking me back to days of buying from charity shops. Cheers, Stuart. The overfed. What a legend. Rarely tweets these days. If you do see him on Twitter, he is well worth a follow. Thank you, Stuart. Do please stay in touch. And if anyone else wants to uh, get in touch uh, with your winter coat stories, hashtag uh, winter coat at 1607 West Egg. Or drop the show an email, DRT, available at westegg1607.co.uk. Uh, moving on now, the not-so-secret diary of the kid aged 30 and a quarter. Yes, my young erstwhile colleague has finally turned 30. Not sure... He is uh, acting uh, like a 30-year-old, having uh, read his uh, diary entries, and I have had to uh, do uh, considerable editing on uh, this uh, first not-so-secret diary entry of this latest run of the podcast. Monday, the 30th of October. The week started with annual leave begins the kid. I went for an interview for another job, slightly more money, but within a local authority, where I think people can make the biggest difference. You know what? I think he stole that line from me. That's something I told him years ago, and he constantly uses it, forgetting that I was the one who told him that if you're going to work in public sector, working for a local authority is 
the best way to make an impact. Uh, Tuesday, 31st of October, I was unwell throughout the week, so couldn't go hard in the gym. I've just come back from chest day, managed to bench press my body weight, which I'm happy with, but I used to be able to push more. Me and Roger are good. He hasn't had any erotic dreams about a female colleague of ours. He's got a thing for this younger member of staff, though. Not my cuppa, but we both are obsessed with another colleague called Lucy, who is very curvy. Wednesday 1st of November, Roger has emailed me. He's feeling very upbeat. He's been tasked with helping organise the away day, which is today, and I'm at home avoiding it. Roger was a nervous wreck trying to devise an icebreaker. He doesn't really rate himself at anything he does, but I can sense he's grown into today. And as I say, he sounds far more upbeat than he was earlier in the week. Thursday 2nd of November. Thursday was a rubbish day. Went up to Birmingham. Absolute dump, he says. His words, not mine, to give a presentation for work. The journey back took four hours due to a fatality on the track. Probably the worst day I've had in a while. They told me today also that I didn't get the job. I was actually quite disappointed. I'm gutted as it's a job I know I will have done better than anyone. Good money and career prospects. And of course, in a local authority, you can make the biggest difference. He's getting that from me. Uh, We'll finish off uh, the kids diary uh, later on in the show. Saturday I'd made my weekly visit to Spanish Carnus in uh, Stockwell, southwest London for those of you who don't know the area Spanish Carnu opened the door dressed in a fetching grey tracksuit looking like a cross between a wife in the Sopranos and Miss Ellie do I need to say Dallas here to explain who Miss Ellie is I, I don't have a young audience I don't have an audience, actually, but the audience I do have, I don't think they're a young audience. I think you're growing old at the same rate as I am. Apart from Nick Bryan, Nick is like the young, savvy kid knocking about with the older kids. But uh, I think the rest of you are growing old at uh, my rate, and I don't think I need to explain Miss Ellie. Uh, it was in Dallas. Anyway, Spanish uh, Carnu had been cooking broccoli, or boiling broccoli, as it turned out. I walked in the flat, absolutely stunk. Estoy viendo broccoli. She said. I didn't understand it. She knew I was coming. Se lo dije a tu tío. I told your uncle. Danny viene. No le va a gustar el olor. Danny's coming. He won't like the smell. She certainly wasn't wrong about that. Eh, que que importa? Es tu sobrino. No importa. No importa. Ah, he's your nephew. Doesn't matter. I'd gone there direct from Niddle. I pulled out my new 59p lavender garden spray out of my uh, bag and blasted their kitchen. It was a seriously bad smell. I was getting killed with a broccoli. If that's broccoli, I want no part in it. Meantime, my uncle revealed that he'd just seen the urinating man of Stockwell, SW9, not to be confused, of course, with the still AWOL urinating dwarf of SW8. He'd seen the uh, urinating man walking around the back of Stockwell Station Not wanting to engage with him, my uncle slowed down his own walk and said that just before he returned to Spanish Carnus, this would be around 13.30 hours, uh, Saturday 4th of November, by the way. So uh, my uncle uh, slowed down on seeing the urinating man, and uh, as he was walking behind him, he saw the urinating man whip it out and uh, just urinate behind the station. This is a man five minutes from his house. Eight minutes, actually, if you factor in the oxygen tank on his back, which is probably likely to slow him down a bit. But still, how does this guy get away with it? I'm telling you, if you're walking through Stockwell and you see a trail of urine in the street, it's more than likely that it is this guy behind that. He's an absolute animal. 
You've got all the cranes corral in this part of SW9. You've got new builds springing up, but no one brought down the urinating man before the Ruperts and their three-pound skinny coffees arrived. No one thought about that. It was a long 45 minutes of Spanish carnus. The broccoli, honestly, I can't tell you how bad it was. The heating is down again as well at Spanish carnus. It always is in her tower block this time of year. Of course, they never compensate the residents. It's a, it's a housing association these days. It was actually a better run when it belonged to Lambeth Council, and that's saying something. How bad do you have to be at something that residents hark back to the Lambeth Council era? As I went into the flat, I got hit with the usual, no te quite los tapados, don't take your shoes off. My aunt knows that I take my shoes off. I don't bring the streets inside my home. I don't bring them into your home. Of course, as I said a couple of shows back, completely undermined this uh, policy of mine when the hosts fail to remove their shoes. And, uh, you know, my aunt and uncle often don't remove their own shoes in their own home. Before I'd even sat down, a Spanish carno had a couple of letters for me to read. Let me make a coffee and sit down. And I'll look at those letters, I said. You know, she's just so full on. You're at the door, she's already asking stuff. Do this, do that. Within 10 minutes, I had a migraine. I kid you not. My aunt's peak years may have long passed, but that woman's energy can still put me on the path to painkillers. Of course, Christmas card writing season is almost upon me now. Another year where I say to Spanish Connie, why don't you just keep an address book? Make this easier for me, please. Less than a month from now, scraps of old envelopes with addresses will be handed to me to make sense of. And that is the way it is every Christmas in South London. Before I go, uh, let's complete the not-so-secret diary of the kid aged 30 and a quarter. Friday 3rd of November at lunchtime, Roger confirmed he still takes Viagra. He said that I'm one of the most horny guys he's ever met, but I think he's even hornier. We only talk about women because on the first day we met, I saw him checking out a woman on the same floor. He does that leg-shaking thing to suggest he's ready to go for it. This is all a bit 70s, and uh, you know this, this, this kid has just turned 30 now. Uh, the kid continues, uh, there's a very skinny tie woman at work. Both of us, Roger and myself, are into bigger women, but we both agree that there's something about this woman. She mistook me for a Mexican, which really endeared her to me. As you know, Daniel, I do often pass myself off as Mexican when I'm abroad doing my extensive charity work. By the way, actually, I realise Roger's wife, you might recall, is uh, from Thailand. So uh, Roger certainly has a type. The kid completes his entry for Friday the 3rd of November by asking, how's Mickey? Saturday 4th of November, Roger just told me via WhatsApp he had an erotic dream about him and a colleague going at it butt naked on the desks. He didn't ejaculate but was close to it. I asked for more details but he was taking his wife out for lunch. I really uh, should have warned you that this uh, diary would not be to everybody's uh, taste. I can only apologise for the kid. Sunday 5th of November, I took the Macedonian out for a meal. She's in London these days studying. I seem prone to dating women that are reluctant to pay their fair share of a meal, and she has a considerable appetite. I deliberately made myself scarce at the restaurant as the waiter was poised to come over with his card and told her some stomach issues. Fabricated entirely, that might keep me there for a while in the hope that uh, she would pay for the meal. I came back, the waiter was still at the table talking to her. They were both smiling and laughing, uh, but no transaction 
uh, had been made. That was uh, clear as soon as I arrived at the table. She hadn't made the offer to pay. I think she thinks, because I still live at home at 30, I can afford to pay all the time. What she doesn't realise is that here in the UK, it's not unusual for 30-year-olds to be living at home. The kid, ladies and gentlemen the kid and that is it that is today's show i hope you guys enjoy your weekend and do what you do well you can only do your best shoulders back people keep on walking towards the sun thank you for listening i'm back on monday i'm daniel ruiz tyson and this week i have been available 